You can kick your fancy ales, you can take them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. Welcome to the Green Dragon Podcast, your weekly podcast about the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit strategy battle game by Games Workshop. I'm Jeremy, here alone again, doing an episode recording about the Best of White Dwarf magazines. I've been a bit nostalgic lately. I've been painting a whole bunch of Dol Amroth pikemen and just yearning for the days in the mid-2000s where we had the Lord of the Rings a simpler time and a fun time. Now, of course, it wasn't all that good at the time. It's just as good now. But I wanted to talk about some of the older publications and how they relate to us today. So I'm lucky enough to have... Three Best of White Dwarf magazines, a Fellowship of the Ring, a Two Towers, and a Return of the King edition. So I'm just going to quickly go through those. Maybe it'll be quick, maybe it won't. We'll see how we go. And I'll talk about whether or not something's useful for us now. There might be some ideas that get our hearts racing or get our minds thinking. So I open up the Fellowship of the Ring book. It's really inspiring. We've got the Balrog on the cover, Gandalf holding up his staff and sword, wreathed in flames. Brilliant start. The first pictures there are some of the older ones, and they're really inspiring for me. The paint jobs aren't so great, but they just look like Lord of the Rings. We've got a picture of the Last Alliance. So we've got some men of Numenor against some old metal orcs. So the metal Numenor spearmen, bowmen, the plastic swordsmen against the orcs. They're all simple models, but they're always some of my favorite models. They have a lot of character. They look like Lord of the Rings to me. And I remember as... Someone probably just out of high school, just starting university when the game was released. I couldn't afford all the models there, and I would have loved to have armies of them. Now I do, which is great, but at the time, you just stare at these pictures thinking how great it would be to have terrain that looked like this. There's also three ringwraiths riding through a dense forest with Frodo and Sam around a bush, and that just looks great as well. It brings them back to the old scenario days. Introduction is by a Mr. Paul Sawyer, who was running White Dwarf at the time. Those White Dwarfs are some of my favourites during this era. There's lots of good content. Maybe I'm just looking back at them with uh, rose-coloured tinted glasses, but we'll see throughout this book. Now, the first article is Designer's Notes by Rick Priestley, talking about the game he designed and how he did that. It's nice to read back through this and hear some of the quotes. Uh, he says things like, I wanted the Lord of the Rings game to play in an intuitive manner. The rules should be obvious to the player. Ideally, a game should give a player a sense of expanding possibilities rather than limiting and inevitably slowing them down the action. So you get some design notes straight away. At the time, Lord of the Rings was considered a little bit simple, and I got told in Games Workshop stores, quite regularly actually, that it was the kids' game. It was a dumb game. And this was by staff members who were probably younger than me, telling me that I should stick with Warhammer 40,000 or... Uh, Warhammer Fantasy and that the Lord of the Rings is a simple game. Unfortunately, they missed a lot of the subtleties and the rules and the fact that the game is so intuitive. Everything you do is on the gameplay. Everything you do is your choice. So the rules don't get you bogged down and I really like that about it. It's worth a read. I don't know if it relates a huge amount now because Rick Priestley is no longer with the company, but it's great to see his original design notes. The next article we have is The Dark Lord. Now, as pretty much all the movies, there was models that weren't released at the time. So the Dark Lord didn't come out in the first rule set. This is something we should be familiar with right now. The most recent one we had was Smaug. Not coming out with a Desolation of Smaug movie. Came out quite a bit later. So the rules for Sauron, on the Dark Lord at the time, he's changed a little bit, but not a huge amount. And the nice part about it is it comes with a scenario called Sauron Unleashed. Now this is just a classic Sauron scenario. It's not trying to do too much. It's got 
the four heroes of the Last Alliance, Elendil, Isildur, Gilgalad, and Alrond against Sauron and a bunch of orcs. Basically, the orc force is there to be sacrificed. So there's a small orc force, about 40 orcs that deploy up the front. They take on, I think it's a, oh yeah, 36 of the high elves and 36 of the men of Gondor at the time, Numenorians now. That's a huge advantage to the good side. They're going to take out the evil side relatively quickly, but then Sauron comes on. Now, it's a nice little, pretty simple scenario the way it goes, but it does show off Sauron. It's using the old rules, so basically you had to get Gilgalad into Sauron with some other heroes to help wound him. Otherwise, it was hard work. Those two-handed elf blades really did help you out, though. I do want to try this scenario again. It looks manageable. Like The 36 good guys on each, each of the races, and then 40 orcs is quite doable now on Sauron. So I wouldn't mind playing this one in the near future, to be honest. Then they've got the Painting Masterclass. Now, I've got to the point where this is no longer particularly useful to me, but at the time, it definitely was. They're really quite detailed. They go through Sauron's armor and some how to paint the metal, which looks really quite good. And then they've got a Lindel and a Sildor uh, painting faces, painting cloaks, doing some of the lining on the cloaks and the edging of the armor. It's a really good article. And now, at the time, I got a little bit annoyed about this sometimes because the painters clearly mixed the paints. And they didn't always say it exactly. So they gave you the paints. But use it for the steps and it's still quite useful today. So these painting masterclass articles are really nice. We then have some ads for Fellowship of the Ring ads and lots of model showcases. They've got this throughout the book. So they look good. It's good eye candy. And some of these models are classics. But it's not particularly useful at all now. Then we've got a beginner's painting workshop for the men of Gondor. Men of Numenor now. This is similar to the one in the... Battle Games Middle-Earth article, I think. It was probably in the original book. Uh, it's it's good for a beginner. Let's put it that way. We've got the High Elf version and the Goblin version as well. So those are the plastics that came out in the first edition. Then we have the Metal Mordor Orcs. And once again, it's pretty basic color scheme. And the Wood Elf Bowmen. There are also some releases. Then we have a nice Orcs of Mordor ad, which is good to see some of the poses. I really do like those Orcs. I've been collecting lots and lots of them now, so I can do massive scenarios with them. Then we've got what was the first battle report in White Dwarf, the Orcs Attack. This one, they designed a scenario with basically Alrond and a bunch of good guys. So Alrond and four elves with spear and shield, three with bow, three with uh, swords, and then a handful of men of Gondor against a handful of orcs and goblins. The terrain was really nice. It's just this simple, like, rocky mountain side but it just looks really effective of all the levels and the size of it. And you get the heroics of it. It really shows off the game and, and looks really nice. And it's quite inspiring throughout. So I really do like that. The scenario itself, I don't know if it's going to be that interesting anymore. It's a bit of a what if, but we'll see how that goes. And that was, I believe it was Alessio versus Rick Priestley. So some classic names there. Then we have an ad for the Attack of Weathertop set, which is... One of the best sets. The The ring rapes have really stood the test of time. The Hobbits and Aragorn have as well. It's definitely a worthwhile set. Then they talked about how to build the board for Amon Sul, which is the weather top. And once again, they've got a really nice, inspiring board. Nothing that we couldn't do ourselves, but at the time, it just looked brilliant. Some more painting masterclass. I do like these. We've got Elrond, Sildor, and Elendil, and Gilgalad. So all nice paint jobs. Good, 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 solid tabletop standard. And then more ads. Ads to the boxes are available at the time. 
lots of these are really rare now and, and go for a bit of money, but they definitely look the part. More painting masterclasses. Guahi Gandalf Sauriman from the Orthanc box set. And then we have the Hobbits, Frodo, Sam, Mary, Pippin, and Bilbo. So lots of painting masterclasses in this book, full of it. If you like to paint, not a bad idea. They're still quite useful now. Then you've got a building Balan's tomb. So they've made a little scenario board for Balan's tomb. It's a pretty good article, actually. I do like how they've got the how to put it together. They've used some nice floor designs to get some extra texture there. And they've got a, a team working on it. I like these sort of articles. Painting masterclass Aragorn and Boromir. We keep going on. Good models. And then we have the Troll and Lurts. Feels like they're doing the entire range here, which is really nice. I wish they'll do painting masterclasses for all the current models now. That would be a really great White Dwarf articles now. I don't think they do it anymore. Some more ads for some Metal Goblins and the Troll. And then an Escape from Balan's Tomb Battle Report. So you've got the board they made before with Balan's Tomb. Balan's Tomb scenarios are great. If you haven't played them, please do. It's... It's one that's very simple. They made a whole box set, the Minds of Moria, based around it a bit afterwards. This was a bit before. There's lots of variations throughout, but they're always good fun. The Fellowship scenarios are great. They interact so well. They've got some strengths, some weaknesses, and they're really enjoyable. The only thing I don't like about it is it uses that essentially two-dimensional flat brick terrain that they came in the original box set. Uh, I think you might be able to still get it. I'm not sure if you can or not, but it really needs to have something else to make it look decent because it's got some of those hollow spots in it. Maybe a bit of building out would work. And then we have some ringwraiths. We have three versions of ringwraiths. Nice photo spread of Twilight ringwraiths, the Kings of Men before they were ringwraiths, and then the ringwraiths as the Riders in Black. Then you got the Painting Masterclass for the Kings of Men, the Twilight ringwraiths, and finally the ringwraiths. So that's a bit predictable. Lots of Painting Masterclasses in this. The Last Alliance models, the Elves, the Numenorians, and fantastic now Bridge of Khazad Doom Scenery Workshop. This is a really high. They've got a bridge over a massive chasm. Lots of expanding foam walls. Looks absolutely fantastic. They've got a detachable bridge and you can play the scenario on it. So really inspiring terrain. This is one of the absolute classic bits of terrain. And I remember looking at this going, wow, this is just amazing stuff. And it truly is. So they built that up and they've got a balance tomb connected to it as well. So it's, well, a set of columns. I don't know if it's balance tomb. Yes, it is. So... Look, that's that's worth, if you can get a hand of that article, that's just great and inspiring. And if you can build it, please send me some photos because I really like that terrain. So we've got the, the box set with the Urukai, the Urukai carrying Merry and Pippin, Lurts, Dying Boromir, some Aragorns, Legolas Gimli. It's a really nice set, that one. And I do like the Urukai holding Merry and Pippin. They're great scenic pieces. And then a painting workshop for the Balrog. Now, I have a problem with the Balrog setup that they've got. They've got him with the flames, not quite how flames would work. So flames are usually the hottest at the, the base of them, and they've got it going up to white. So I don't really like the, the Games Workshop, I guess, way of painting flame. I wish they would do it around the right way, and I'm going to when I redo my Balrogs. I've actually got one that's painted like that because I didn't know better at the time. I'm going to swap it around. Interestingly, it's on this little coaster of a base. I think it was from a game called Epic 40,000 or just Epic and it was basically a little Titan base, so it's a coaster. I think that's changed now. You put him on the 60mm round base, which I think looks a bit better. Some ads for really old school tools. They, they look a bit sore on the eye, the colours there. It's very, very reminiscent of the old days. And then another great article comes up, a scattered fellowship. So they talk about reconstructing the summit of Amon Hen. Now, I don't think they ever do Amon Hen in it. They hadn't built it yet. But they've got this really nice board with a river on the side of it and some rocks and trees 
and then some uh, boats. And then they've got the Am- Ambush and Amon Hand scenario, their version of it. So they've got one that's quite a big one and it plays through. They've got a battle report there. It looks really nice. And, and these scenarios were the game. Like throughout this book, there's no points matches. It's all scenarios. And there's some fantastic scenarios. The only thing really missing is a Amon Sewell scenario. And they would have covered most of the stuff here. Maybe a last alliance scenario. They got the scenario, but not the battle report. So that's all good. Then you've got some Isengard, some Urukai Scouts and Sauron, a little diorama made by Matt Parks, who I think was on the the Games Workshop team at some point. I know he's won some Golden Demon Slayer swords, but he's got uh, Caliborn and Galadriel next to the mirror, uh, Frodo as well. The models themselves look pretty good. This, uh, the, the layout's great. It's worth seeing, but I don't know if it's the same standard as what we get now. I think we actually get higher quality now, but it's a really solid piece. And that's the end of that book. So in terms of content that's useful now, I think the terrain building articles and the painting masterclasses are the ones that have held up the test of time. The scenarios I would still play through. I don't know if everyone else will. I think they've been reprinted over and over again in different ways. So I think for the modeling and painting articles, it's a worthwhile get if you can get your hands on it or have a look at it. It just looks really nice, and I like the time when we only had a few models to choose from and and go through, and they're they're all such classic models. Really brings me back. Next up, we have the Two Towers book. Now, I open this one up, and straight away, I get some Helm's Deep. This is the resin Helm's Deep that they uh, released for a short time. I know that there's still some floating around. I know I've got one myself, and I've seen some recently, and it looks great for a backdrop. It was a pre-painted one. They've got It works well, the Games Workshop ladders. It fits into a corner of the board, so if you do your attack around a corner of the board, it looks really good, or you could build up your own board for it. We got the Two Towers designer notes. They talk about the game's change. Alessio Cavatore is taken over now, and talking about some advanced rules and sieges and cavalry and, and what's coming next. Then we have a little mini-game, the duel on Zirak Zigil. This is one with uh, Gandalf and the Balrog. It's actually on the terrain, so it's in the board, and they've rewritten the rules. Now, I think some of us have played through this and weren't too impressed with it. It doesn't quite work out. I have a, a bit of a problem with them redesigning the whole game to make the scenario work. I would have liked it to work, but it's worth having a look. I think it's, I prefer it to the, uh, I think in the same one, we get one where the wizard's jewel. I think I prefer the one on the actual terrain, and I might give it a go myself at some point and see how it goes, but it might need to be modified. Then we get... Pretty much the highlight of this magazine from Shadow and Flame. Darren Parwood has made a light-up Balrog. So he's cast it in clear resin. So it says he's got access to the master molds. That's entirely possible, or it's entirely possible he's recast it. But basically he's got a clear middle and used light to to make it glow. To glow as flame. Looks really great. It's painted really simply. It's basically just black and light up. So it's super simple to paint up, but it looks amazing and I wish they released a clear resin one for everyone else. We all want to do that one. Release one. Then they've got an article about making scenarios. So once again, we haven't really hit on anything to do with points match yet. We're talking about how to design our own scenarios, which is a nice little article. And if you haven't designed a scenario, have a go at it. It's worth reading. It might be a little bit dated now, but it's still good ideas. And then there's a scenario combined with it called Faramir's Escape, which has a small amount of guys. You've got Faramir and 15 Rangers of Gondor against the evil side, which is a couple of captains. Uh, a handful of orc warriors and some wag riders. A nice little scenario. 
Then we move on to another custom scenario that changes the rules, but I actually really like this one. It's the race to the Bruin and Ford, and it's a mini game where the ring race, mounted ring race are chasing Arwen on horse. And it's one of the old scenarios where the terrain moves at you. So it's like a very old racing car game on a video game system where the terrain moves at you. You've got to spend time dodging it and see how you go. You don't have time to cast spells. It's all maneuvering and chasing. And look, I really like that one. I, I think it captures the, the race to the Bruin really well. So that's a fun scenario. Then we have rules for Rohan Royal Guard, which weren't out at the time. So once again, they've released models that weren't in the original Two Towers book. They've seen them in the movies, released them afterwards. These are classic models. They stand up really well. Unfortunately, the metal riders on plastic horses wasn't always the best. You had lots of snapped ankles, but the models themselves look great. Really solid. And then a battle report, the Wrath of Rohan. I don't know why, but this has been one of my favorite uh, scenes and scenarios where the Rohan riders go and basically wipe out an orc camp. So you've got the orcs set up in the middle, you've got the riders of Rohan going at them, and you've got a battle report about this. Once again, a battle report about the scenarios, and it just looks great. It's good fun. It's got Grishnak getting attacked by Aemir, um, and really inspiring stuff. I like the battle reports, and they have some detail. So they go up to turn 10, lots of detail. Then afterwards, we have a modeling workshop. So we've got banners, lots of banners. They're using the paper banners and hooking up to wires. This is a bit of a technique that we don't use a whole lot now. We've got other ways to do banners, but they look great. And at the time, most models didn't come with banners, so you had to put on your own. I can't remember. I don't think the rules for banners were even out then. I think they came out the Return of the King, if I remember correctly. And then we have the Helm's Deep board, the Studios 4x4 board, which is basically almost identical to my own one, which was designed exactly like this. And the reason it was is because they've got instructions of how to make it. So they've got how they made it with a foam, and this is just a fantastic article. If you want to make a Helm's Deep, have a look at this article. It's really good. Then they've got a scenario for it, the Assault on the Deeping Wall. So they've got, I think this is the one I've played before. No, it's it's pretty similar to it. It's quite a head, quite a lot of Orc, sorry, quite a lot of Urukai, um, about eight Elves and then Haldir and Legolas. And then you've got some, a small amount of Rohan. It looks like about eight Rohan and then Legolas and Gimli. So it's a pretty small siege, but then you've got heaps of Urukai. Looks really good, and I, I like the Helm's Deep reports. The return of the painting masterclass. We've got Aragorn from Helm's Deep, Theoden, Haldir, and the standard bearer, Gamling, and they've chosen just parts to focus on here mainly. So they've got instructions for most, but they're all built on each other, so they're finding different parts. We've got Gimli, we've got Legolas, we've got Eowyn, and then we've got another scenario, Defend the Gateway. So we've got, it's on their Helm's Deep board as well. Uh, wait a second, this could be the scenario that they've just played. I'm not sure. No, it's not. It's slightly different. It's another battle report. So two Helm's Deep battle reports. Then we have Painting Masterclass for Treebeard, Mary and Pippin. Once again, it's on a coaster. This model, I wish it was a little bit bigger. It's a bit small side. It's, it's not so inspiring. The pose is very static. But then we have Converting Ents. So it looks like the person here, Matt Ward's, bought about four Ents or obtained four Ents and turned them into... Three ants, I believe. I'm not 100% sure the numbers of them, but he's got a tree beard that's attacking some Urukai, which looks great. He's got one where it's a very skinny ant, and he's got a big fat ant with uh, lots of stuff coming out of its face. So this one inspired me to make our own ant making day. At our club, we all got together. We made a whole bunch of ants. So we had about 20 plus ants and used them for the Isengard scenario. Then he's got rules for the, the ants. So these upgrades... 
So you can change your ends to different kinds. I wish they still had things like this to make the ends a bit more personable. And it also means in an all-ent army, you could fill in your extra 10 points or 20 points you had left. You could upgrade to a an oak ent or a hawthorn ent or a birch ent. So they all had different rules. Yeah, I wouldn't mind trying these out in the new rules and see if they're, see if they're any good. Then we introduced Wraiths on Wings. So Ring Wraiths on Felbeast, the rules for those which went out at the time, and a scenario. Now, this was before the, the Men of Minas Tirith were released, so they've got Numenorians as their men. You could easily adapt it, but I think the scenario is a little bit dated now. I think there's other editions of it, but it's on a 4x4 board. It looks great, and it came with the first Ring Wraith when the first Ring Wraith game released, so Frodo staring up at the Ring Wraith. At this point in time, they introduced the first supplement, Shadow and Flame. So we've got Alessio Calvatore talking about that. That's where they introduced dwarves and things like Tom Bombadil and some of the parts that were missing from the movie. That painting masterclass for Goblin King and Balin. And they've got the Battle for Duarodelf scenario. Now this one, they've made a terrain board, which looks absolutely fantastic. And one day I will copy it and use it myself. And they've got what now seems like a small amount of dwarves, but at the time it was heaps of dwarves. They're all the metal dwarves that came out then and the goblins versus the troll. Nice and inspiring, and a great way to introduce the dwarves. I really don't know about their color schemes, though. Their dwarves look a bit too bright for me. They're bright green and yellow, and I feel like they almost said, paint them these colors because we haven't got any armies this color. They're a bit garish for me. I prefer to have some uh, other tones there, maybe some browns or some even some blues, minor blue and white, but I don't know about the green. Now, the next scenario is one that I really like. They've got a a watcher in the water scenario where it's the watcher's body and tentacles and then they've got them the deep water shallow water and you've got to enter moria this scenario was great it was really good fun basically the tentacles will come out grab guys and couldn't be killed they just got reset and the head was up the back so they've got a battle report for it as well they've got their the doors on to moria they've made some trees it just looks really good and i much prefer this to the current watcher with the the legs it's just Looks more ominous. It's a great sculpt that they've done. Looks really good and inspiring. Then some question and answer, which is pretty well useless at the moment. Lots of, essentially, an FAQ. Then they've got some Golden Demon entries. So the Last Alliance Battle, which looks great. Very bloody. They've got the uh, Ring Wraiths being attacked by horses in water. And they've got Bilbo in a pocket watch. So some nice, um, nice little scenes. Once again, we've got better at painting as the time goes on. This is from 2002. But they look good. The Wizard's Duel, a little on a card which comes in this book with your, um, the Palantir. The Sauron and Gandalf blasting each other game. Once again, not the perfect game, but not, not too bad. And then some rip-out charts and things at the back. So a good magazine. Once again, the Painting Masterclass is good. If you want to build Helm's Deep, definitely there. I love the Watch in the Water scenario. That's really good. I do like the Glow in the Dark Balrog. There's some really solid content in this one. It might be my favorite of the, the three. It's a really good book. And finally, we have The Lord of the Rings Return of the King, Best of White Dwarf. So this is where the game really started to have legs and started to take off. We've got pictures of the Riders of Rohan. We've got Gondorians manning the catapult. Alessio Torre giving us an introduction. Then we've got some new warriors. This one they tried to be really organized with the magazine. It wasn't haphazard as before. We've got rules for new eagles. Land Ravel and Melindor. I wish they would come back. Then you've got the Nth rules again. So the reprint from the last one. We've got High Elf Cavalry, which were probably a little bit underpointed at the time, and they've become the Rivendell Knights. So that's absolutely dated, not really much use now. 
We've got Eastlink Siege Bows and Mortar Urukai Siege Bows. So lots of trial rules. Once again, I wouldn't mind using those. Then they had the first rules for the Mirkwood Elves, which once again, not really much use now, but they had Therinduil, Mirkwood Captains, Warriors of Mirkwood, Mirkwood Sentinels, uh, what's that, Taldurim, so Shield and Sword Elves. These ones look really good. I love the conversions, but they didn't flesh it out too much. Then you had Fiefdom rules. So these are the first Fiefdom rules based on conversions. You had the Men of Lamadon, which they converted out of a, a warrior of Dunland, and it looks like a Theoden. They had Anphalas, which somehow hasn't got there. So a Hunter of Anphalas, they've got as a Bowman from Rohan. So that could be coming back. We've got the Morthon Bale. So once again, a Bowman from Morthond. It's another Fiefdom. We've got the Pinath Gelen, so Warrior there. They've got Lossenark as well. Lossenark came in. Their Lossenark conversion is really cool. It's a Men of Minas Tirith with the Khazigard Axe. So you've got the Axemen of Lossenark there. I like that one. Then you've got Dol Amroth, which looks actually pretty similar. It's just a Men of Minas Tirith with the, uh, a white ship on the, the shield. It's a nice Men of Dol Amroth. The Ringlow Vale, or Valley. Vale, I think it is. Yeah, Vale. Yep, they've got a combination of uh, Men of Rohan, I think, with a, a Men of Numenor. It's a nice conversion. And they've sort of done the opposite. So they've got the head of the Men of Numenor and the shield on a Rohan guy for Palagia and Lebanon. So Warrior Warden of Palagia. And then you've got the character. And the next article is the evil version of it. So you've got Dol Guldur, Shamans, Great Uruk of Dol Guldur, Baradur, the... Durgash Nar Warrior, so a little 25-point hero with one might, one will, one fate. You've got the Mouth of Sauron, who's been now released. You've got slaves, so Slavers, so the Nurn Overseer. You've got Morgul Guard. Moran and Orcs, they've come out. You've got Orcs of Golgoroth. So lots of different Orc variations. I wish some of them, well, all of them would come out at some point. It's just nice to have different options. You got rules for the land of shadow playing in Mordor. You got rules for fighting in Moria. You got rules for fighting in Mirkwood. You got rules for fighting in Harrod. So lots of different terrain rules. Some of them good, some of them not. It's nice for some scenarios to steal them and put them in. Now, this is probably the highlight of the magazine for me now. You got the river assault rules. So they've made little landing craft ships for orcs and elves, and they've got rules for how water scenarios work. I'm a bit sad that these didn't make it to the main rules. They should be in the main rules for The Hobbit and for, for the other ones. And they've got How to Build Boats. Looks really nice. Then we've got Tournament Rules. So finally, Tournament Rules for The Lord of the Rings. And these scenarios were okay, but some of them were a little bit out of whack. There's four scenarios, and one of them I think you only have to have half your force, and they weren't great. They were a good start, but they weren't quite there. And they, they recommend durations, things like an hour, which is not long enough for a tournament. People cut tournaments way too short. Then they're theming armies with points matches. So they've got some Last Alliance and some Uruks and Wag Riders. And then some Force lists. So this is almost a precursor to the Legions of Middle-Earth. And it's probably got about the same amount of content, to be honest, with four pages. Then we have a Shelob scenario, She Hunts. So it's got Shelob taking on some Orcs, which is a good, fun way to use Shelob. Now we've got the Ride of the Ring Race. Now these scenarios are really great fun and they're a great way to learn how to use the Ring Race. We've got the first one in Osgiliath. We've got our second part, which we're in the Gap of Rohan. We've got the third part where we're at the Sarn Ford against the Rangers of Gondor. The fifth part, oh sorry, fourth part, Amon Sul. 
I might have said the numbers out of order. And the fifth part, the Ford of Bruinen. So a little five-part campaign, the Ride of the Ring Raves. And then it finishes off with a reprint of the scenario they're here. So, and don't disturb the water. Both of them back from the last one. And finally, I think we finish off with the Sands of Carnal scenario. So it's got Barrow White in uh, Harrod as spirits. And it's Gondor versus Harrod. So that looks fun. We've got the Red Arrow scenario. So I think it's a one model. Yeah, you got Hergon, Captain of Gondor with Longbow. And then some small amount of guys. So one model scenario. And then you've got the campaign for Faramir's Escape, Damron's Gambit, and the Shadow of Askelia. So a little mini campaign with Faramir's Rangers, which looks like fun. I wouldn't mind trying that out and doing a bit of a report on it. Back photos are nice. You've got some Rangers taking shots at a Mumak. You've got Mordor catapulting Oskiliath. I don't know. It just didn't inspire me as much as the two towers. Maybe it was the move to points match games. Maybe it was just the, the predictable layout where they put all stuff all the scenarios in one spot and all the rules in one spot, so you skip to the spot you like. And it feels a little bit thinner than the others, but there's still some really quality articles there. You might not get great value out of them now, but they're still worth a read. Well, that's all I have for today on those magazines. Hopefully you've enjoyed that, and hopefully you get a chance to have a look at the magazines. If there's something that interests you, send me a line if you really can't get hold of them. If there's something in particular you want to see, I might be able to, to help you out or point you in a direction where they can be obtained from... Thanks for listening. Remember, traps win games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.